Welcome to West Virginia Uncommonplace. Today, I have with me a special guest. His name is Gary Pratt. And I'm your host, like always, JR from West Virginia. And Gary Pratt has a special message. And he has something that is an amazing gift, and that's music. Music is something that uh, warms the soul and uh, tickles the fancy of so many people. So, Gary, please introduce yourself. Let everybody know where you're from. And then the major thing that everybody wants to know, who is Gary Pratt? Hey, hello, everybody. Like I said, my name is Gary Pratt, and I'm a country singer and a songwriter from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I've been singing singing a very long time since I was a kid, and I probably could. They tell me I could dance before I could even speak. So music's been in my blood, and it's just part of me. It's part of, um, of who I am as a being. And, you know, God put that music in me, and the joy for music and I've done all kinds of music, but country music's where my heart is. I have a new album out right now. It's called Something Worth Remembering. It's an album that I dedicated to my brother who I lost about three years ago and I wanted to do something in memory of him. So that's why we did this new album. I've been writing and singing and producing shows since I've been about uh, 12 years old. In fact, I used to have uh, the neighborhood kids and relatives come and do uh, shows in our backyard and we'd get all the parents together and they'd bring meals and they'd see our shows. And of course, we we charged them to come see it, even though they brought their own meals. And I've been producing shows, too, uh, since I was that age. I even used to have uh, the kids sign a, a contract that they would get to all the practices and everything like that. So I've been doing this a long time. This past year has been a whirlwind. I'm with uh, MTS Records, MTS Management, uh, Michael Stover. Actually, he doesn't live too far from me. And he has been putting my music out all over the world. And I am just so grateful, grateful for that. I, I recorded in Pittsburgh. I recorded in Nashville. I lived in Nashville for a while. I played all the clubs and venues in the Nashville area, also have played the Tennessee State Fair and the Fan Fair down in Nashville, and it was an experience to live there. I got a little bit discouraged, and I moved back to Pittsburgh after college, and I sort of quit music for a while, and I found out, that's when I found out that music's just part of me. I can't live without it. I can't live without singing all the time and writing all the time. It's just of who, you know, part of who I am. In the Pittsburgh area, I have opened up for the likes of people like Crystal Gale, some of the older singers, Dwight Yoakam, Crystal Gale, Ronnie Mills, Lori Morgan, Pam Tillis, uh, Travis Tritt, just to name a couple of people that I have opened up for. So I've learned a lot from them too, and have the audience as part of the show, especially Pam Tillis and and Dwight Yoakam, they're real, and Neil McCoy too. They get their audience involved in their show. That's what I like to do too. So that's a little bit about me. I don't know. You, I'm sure you have other questions I can go on about, but I, I can just keep rambling. <laughs> okay. So, so I want to go back in time because yeah. one thing about uh, being a musician and being someone that composes music, um, you have an inspiration. What was the very first musical inspiration? Because in people's life, you know, some people say that it was a grandfather, grandmother, someone they just heard singing along the road. Growing up in Pittsburgh, you got a lot of steel, you got coal, you got a lot of 
because it's just like West Virginia to a certain degree. You got a lot of folklore music, a lot of different type of country that you don't necessarily hear outside of the hollers and the places that you come from. So what was the first musical inspiration for you? In my house, my dad always listened to country music. Every time we got together, you know, we had country music playing. And I really think the first time I realized that I wanted to be in a band and I wanted to perform was when we went to, our family went to a, a picnic and my cousin, Floyd, Floyd was his name, he um, played drums in a band. And I sat there and watched that band, probably the whole party and picnic, whatever it was. I know all the other kids were out running around playing ball or, or doing something, but I was stuck on watching that band. And I just, when we left there, I told my parents, so when I grow up, I'm going to be in a band. And it just, you know, it inspired me just to, to do that. And my parents were really helpful in getting my first band set up. They, I was probably 15, 16 years old, and they um, contacted musicians, which were a lot older than I was. They were like 21 or over. And that gave me the opportunity to play in some venues that I never would have played in if I was just playing with a bunch of, you know, 16-year-old kids. And it gave me experience and, and their experience that they had already had and, and taught me too. So I believe it was sitting in that garage watching my, my cousin play drums that really set me on fire. So so your cousin got you inspired by this, uh, by this composition. You get over to a point where you, you started composing songs. So what was the first song that you wrote? And how do you feel about that song now? <laughs> I think the first song I ever wrote called, it was called I'm Going to Nashville. Nash, yeah, Nashville, Tennessee. And when I look back on that song, I'm, you know, it's, it's sort of, it's not the greatest song, but it gave me a direction. It gave me a goal. So, yeah, it's called I'm, I'm Going to Nashville, Tennessee. So that's what, that was the first song I ever read. <laughs> and I went and I came back. <laughs> the question I want to ask you about Nashville. People go to Nashville just like people go to California to seek success in acting. And then obviously in Nashville, Grand Ole Opry, places like that. You go there and I've been to Nashville quite a bit. It's an okay. area you go to so that you can thrive in country music. Just like if you went to Austin, Texas and was trying to become a, a rock star in this day and age. What were the highs and lows of going to Nashville? Like, what was the disappointment, and what was uh, something that really inspired you while you were there? Okay, well, first of all, every time I go to Nashville, even now, it's something about just being being there that gets your creative juices flowing. You get, last time I was there, I was writing songs all the time, and I was so excited about recording up there on music, on music Row, but it gives you this vibe, which I don't know, maybe other people don't feel this way, but I, I get this vibe when I'm there that it's just all music and it gets within me and I just start, I don't know, getting motivated, put it that way. But when I was living there, like I said, you played a lot of different places, which was great. And you met a lot of people. Everyone's doing the same thing, which is a benefit and also not a benefit because there's a lot of good competition there and everybody's good. Everybody's doing the same thing, trying to get, they got a real job and then they're trying to, to do the music too. And then you got your college kids that are in college and 
They're also doing the music on the side. So everybody's doing music in Nashville. They're from all over the world and they go to Nashville to get discovered. So you definitely want to play, you want to sing, you want to be you know, seen. The downside of that is that a lot of the clubs, I would say most all clubs, expect you to play for free. And, you know, of course you can't make money like that. So you really can't make a living if you're not like an up and coming from like one of the major record companies there on Music Row. So you're playing for free and and I don't want to give Nashville a bad name or a bad rap because you learn a lot there. But the downside is you're playing for free and there are clubs and, you know, there's people that will take advantage of you. And there's a lot of ripoff artists down there that will, they know your dream and, you know, they, they'll take advantage of you, of course. So just like anywhere, just like, like you said, in LA or whatever, you know, Hollywood, when people are, they'll take advantage. There are people that will take advantage of you. So that's the downside. It's got to be wise. But nowadays, I don't believe you really have to be in Nashville to be heard with technology today and like the indie market. And just where how so many more people can see you without being in that spotlight in Nashville. So you got your ups and downs. You got your changes since I've been there, too. Now, I want to get into a deeper question because you're from out the mountains. Your mountains, if I'm correctly thinking, are the Allegheny. Is that correct? Yeah, correct. So what inside of your part of Appalachia inspired your music? Because I say this, I'm originally from a town in Virginia called Lynchburg, Virginia. So we're inside, okay. the Blue, we're inside the Blue Ridge Mountains. So a lot of the music that comes up there is really heavy, guitar-driven. Uh, not so much drums or anything like that, but it's like if you play a, a bass or something like that in country, which is a rarity in some areas, our music has a different type of twang to it. If that's the way, to, best way to put it. So you're part of Appalachia. What? How did that influence your music? Well, it's not really Appalachia. More. I guess we're closer to the city of Pittsburgh than we are like to the mountains. I did grow up in a, a coal mining town. Most of our music here is sort of mainstream, but you do have, uh, you know, some of your string bands, like you're talking about the bass that sits on the floor. And I love that kind of music. There is a lot of bluegrass around here. Also, I am basically more into the mainstream uh, country music, not so much of like, the sort of the rap type that's out right now, but more of like Garth Brooks type of thing or Justin Moore that's out right now. You know, those are some of my favorite people. So they're more mainstream than they are something a little bit different, but I do love this. I would love to do an album with just like all string band. I love that sound, but like around here, like I said, I'm more closer to the city than I am out in like the mountains somewhere. But Okay. That's like, and that's, that's, you know, that's what we do here. Okay. Now let's get into this album real quick. Something worth yeah. remembering. You had a brother that passed away and this is the part of the show that makes you more personable and builds more character. And it gives people like a sense of when I take a dive into Gary Pratt's new album, I'm going to know more about it, about it before I even get to the music. So you had a brother pass away and in the last yes. three, last three years or so, all kinds of complications lead to people passing away in quick circumstances. So Correct. initially when you started doing this album, was it initially based on what happened to your brother or did it 
kind of filter over into your brother after he passed away? Well, I was actually recording a Christmas album at Tonic Studios with the same producer that recorded, uh, that helped me with something worth remembering. And while I was recording the Christmas album, I got the idea that I should do something for my brother. My brother had already passed away and I just got this idea. So we ended up, you know, I, I ended up writing some songs for the album. I ended up getting uh, my producer got me some songs from well-known writers in Nashville. We had uh, Tony Arada, who wrote the dance for Garth Brooks, actually wrote the title song for the album. And when he gave me the go-ahead to do his song, Something Worth Remembering, you know, it was an honor. And it actually pulled the whole album together. But I got the, like I said, I got the idea when I was already in the studio. And then we just started from there. So we recorded probably a good 24 songs because we did the Christmas album and this album at the same time. But Doing this album, I'll explain a little bit about the album. I was doing or writing most of the songs and and getting some songs from other people. And as I was listening to all the songs, I liked the way they sounded. I liked the the musician on it, musicians, but most of the music was done by Adam Ernest, who is a fantastic, I think he's about 27 years old. He did most of all all the music on the album. I was listening to all the songs. I liked them, but it wasn't making sense. The album was not making sense to me as far as how can I dedicate this to my brother when it's not, something was missing. When my producer, he knew how I was feeling and and he brought in something worth remembering by Tony. And when I heard that song, I knew it it was like the key, the glue that put the whole album together. I knew exactly what song was going to be first and what song was going to be last. Also, by doing this album, I found my purpose in music. A lot of times I was singing or writing, it was just a song. But now I have a message when I'm on stage that just like with my brother passing away, you never know when someone will be gone out of your life. Maybe it's someone you you truly love, so make sure you tell them you love them. If you're having an argument with someone that you truly care about, even a a sibling or whatever, don't let that, don't go to bed like that angry, even with someone you're dating or your wife or husband or whatever, your kids, because you don't know if that next day is going to happen. And my brother passed away in his sleep. And, you know, when he went to bed that night, he told my nephew, he said, I'll see you in the morning. Well, he didn't get to see him in the morning. That's a message that I have to get out there when I'm on stage. And I always do some type of a religious song, too, which eventually I'll probably do some kind of Christian album. But it gave me a direction with my music and a message to tell people when I'm on stage and how to be good to other people. And even if you make mistakes in life, which we all do, you can change your life around. I know I know that for a fact. I know that from a lot of people that that, you know, that are friends of mine. We all make mistakes and we all grow up and we see things different ways. Um, Talking about my dad just passed away and that was just two weeks ago. And it's hard for, yeah, it's hard for our whole family because he was such an incredible man and talented and he played music also. And he didn't start playing guitar till he was about 50 and he got really good at it and always wanted him to get up on stage with me. But. He never did it, but that was his choice, you know. But 
I had time to say goodbye to him because we found out in October that he had cancer and it was aggressive and I was there to help take care of him. We, I was there to talk to him. Me and him talked so much and I'm so grateful that I had that time to say goodbye, but you don't always have that. And I try to bring this personal side of me into my shows because I think so many people can relate to this, especially now with the COVID and, and there seems to be so many more deaths now. And I think a lot of people will relate to that and they can see what kind of person that I am and what kind of person I want to be and how I want to treat other people. And that is the main focus, getting someone through the day if they're through going through a rough time too. You can change and you've got to believe in yourself. And that's what I try to put across, not only with my music, but taking bad situations and turn them into good situations. Always looking at the brighter side of different things, just like with my dad passing. I'm grateful that I had time to say goodbye. Some people don't have that. And I've had both. I couldn't say goodbye. And now I have said goodbye. So that's sort of where I'm coming from with my music and how this album has changed me. It's a and the album is all about life. It's about jumping in and don't being afraid, not being afraid to go after your dreams, which I was at one time. I was afraid to leave home, living in a small town, and then all of a sudden I'm in this big city and uh, I never experienced that before, you know. So it, the more uncomfortable you feel about something, you got to get out of your box and push yourself. If you're nervous about doing something, keep doing it because you're going to grow. And that, so these are all the things that go through my head as doing music now, before I had no direction. Okay. Now, let's jump into this playlist. Because I heard you put a title of a song out there. Uh, me and my co-host, Stacy, we had a great amount of time to listen to everything and hear it. The tracks that really stuck with us as a couple. To find us. Yes. When it's our love that's lost. And, you know, yes. like I said, we're West Virginia, so... A song you can drink a beer to, but let's go back to the very um, the very first track. Okay. Gotta jump in. Tell uh, us the inspiration of that. Gotta jump in. That came from um, me going back and, and looking back in my past of how I was afraid to go from my dreams. I was sort of a backward person. I, I was shy when I was a kid and stuff. And and now I look back and I'm thinking, you know, I could have been so much further if I wouldn't have been so afraid to go up and talk to someone or anything like that, or ask a girl out or, or whatever. But that song is, you know, you go, don't be afraid. You only live once in your life. So if you have a dream, if you have something that you want, want to go for, if you want to go to college, maybe somebody, maybe no one in your family ever went to college and you're afraid to do that. Well, you know, if you want to do that, you do that. It's your life. So that's where that song came about is you got to look at yourself and know what you want in your life. And not be afraid to to go for your dreams or, or what you want out of life. And then the next track we'll lead into is Before Someone Gets Hurt. That's one that struck a chord with me. Stacy liked it, but it was the stuff that I had before me, because me and my co-host were boyfriend and girlfriend. But in my previous relationships, that song could have helped me if I had it 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's one of the songs, you know, you look back and you say, hey, why didn't I... Why didn't I do that? Because I knew it wasn't going to work out. It's you know about a relationship that's that you feel like you're not ready for, especially if you're 
younger and you want to go out and party and you want to have fun with your friends and you're not ready for a relationship and the other partner or the other person is, they want more out of the relationship and it's better to end that relationship than to keep going on when you know you're going to hurt someone. You don't want to do that. If, if the relationship was meant to be, it'll come back. But yeah, that's what that song's about. And I love that song. My mom's, my mom, that's my, my mom's favorite song. So she likes the way I sound on that song, but it's about doing the right thing in life. Okay. And like I say, it, it struck a chord with me because I was like, this is what I needed. This, this was the manuscript I would have needed 10 years ago. It would have saved some hearts and it would have saved me from getting hurt. Moving yeah, on to, that too. Yeah, moving on to, to track number three. Sounds like whiskey to me. Oh, that's a fun song. When I write songs, sometimes I, I hear somebody say something. And I listen, I always listen to what people are saying. And sometimes they have the best hooks or the best ideas for a song. I was at a picnic and I it got real quiet. I was actually singing at this picnic. It got real quiet and I heard this this older lady. She just said real loud, that sounds like whiskey to me. And I was like, oh my gosh, I got to go home and write that song. So I wrote it down right away. And I don't think it took me very long. I think I got home and started writing and it took me a couple of days. And I wrote that song and it just, that's how that song came about. And I, I do that a lot. I listen to what people are saying. I love that song. And then we're going into the fourth track. When it's our love that's lost. That is a very true song. Story. That's actually the, the song I have out right now, which is doing really well on the major charts too. So I'm so so proud of that song. And I wrote that song. I have no co-writers or anything on that song. And Michael Stover from MTS. We were deciding which song to release next as a single, and we picked that. And I'm so glad we did. It shows a lot of different vocal ability that I have, and some notes I can hit, and having a ballad. Like, I love doing ballads. And but that's really a, a true song. That came from the heart when, you know, I thought I was losing someone. And just, it's like your love is, all, your love's lost. It's out there somewhere, but you just don't know where it's at. It also has a double meaning that our love could be lost and we won't be together anymore. But that, of course, they're all my babies. So I'm going to say they're all my favorite songs. But right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, that, and on that note, like I definitely encourage the audience to go listen to this. And I'm not going to go too much deeper into any more tracks, but I want to do this one because this one was like, To Find Us was the track like that just. Uh, yeah, I'm so glad you picked that song. I love this way that I wrote that song. And I am, I love doing duets. But I have a girl singer that's always with me. Her name's um, Kate Zoller. Such a wonderful person. Too. We're becoming really good friends. But on the album, I went to Nashville and recorded it Omni with a girl named Savannah Nider, who's also on the MTS Records. So Kate wasn't on. I didn't actually know Kate then. But uh, Savannah does such a wonderful job. And I wanted to have somebody else on the album from MTS. So I did invite Savannah, and I went down to Nashville. It was right when um, COVID was pretty rampant out there, and, and Nashville was like a, a ghost town when I was there. But I got to meet Savannah for the first time and me and my producer drove down and we just, we did that song. And, and I, I mean, it's, it's a true song. And a lot of my songs too have the, have the mention of God or some kind of prayer in it somewhere. Some of them. And this song here does, cause you know, it's like God put us together because 
we both had broken hearts. You don't you think you're in love with someone and they break your heart and that's the guy's side and then the girl's going through the same situation. Her heart was broken and then they find out that God had that happen because that wasn't who they were supposed to be with the rest of their life. And, you know, he had to lose her. She had to lose him to find us, you know, to find the, the relationship that's going on now. And it's more of a God-given given song. And it's what, well, that's one of my favorites too. But <laughs> I love the doing duets. And that song has a special place in my heart. I just think it's one of the best songs I ever wrote. And I will give you your kudos and give you your flowers. That song, like it just, it reached us. Like we were just out on our porch. Cause like I said, we're just normal country living and playing it. I, we played through the computer sometimes and then we have outdoor speakers and it just uh-huh. played, played through our outdoor speakers. And it was just like an experience. Like it stopped us. And if something stops me, you, cause you know, life is so fast. Like that just stopped us. And Stacy is, is one that listens for the content. I listen for melodies uh-huh. and I listen for arrangement. The content, okay. in that song, the content in that song, I wish she was here with me right now. It just touched her in a way. We, we were like, if we had to pick a song to be our song that we would advertise to, to get everyone around your music, that would be the song uh-huh. that I just go out there with and just take out in the world and uh, pass it along. Well, you're, you're giving me goosebumps right now. <laughs> yeah, I, thank you so much. I, I appreciate that. A little story about that song. When I gave that to my producer to listen to, he was going through a breakup with his long-term partner for like 10 years and him and her were, they were on the brink and he ended up breaking up with her a few months before I brought the song to him. And he had met a new girl and actually they're going to get married now, which is really cool, but he is so happy now, but that became their song once because they were dating each other and they heard that song and they say, Hey, that's us. And that hit a chord with him. So there's a lot of people that it would, but it is a fantastic song. And I appreciate your your compliments and very much. And is that validates my feelings toward it. Thank you. Okay. And most definitely, I hope in the near future that that becomes someone's wedding song. Like that's the song that brings somebody together. A guy that's living over in uh, West Mifflin or something. He meets his lady in the town of Pittsburgh. You know, or even down at what was the place that, uh, in Pittsburgh that's nice? It's um, Kennywood. If they're down at Kennywood, oh, yeah. and, and, yeah. they, and their loves lost, they meet at Kennywood and see each other again, and this song sparks their life. I hope that someone has a moment with this song, and you get to. I, I hope so. <laughs> I, I hope so. You know, the first the first line of that song is, "I know exactly how you felt when he told you to go to hell," and I think that is just a grabber. I like writing songs that the first line the first line is so important to me but that is one that it should grab you if you don't if you don't hear anything else in that song it's like that's pretty strong and, and i agree with that wholeheartedly <laughs> now we'll move over to another part of the show how can fans get in contact with you like what is the best means that if a fan they get attached to a song and they personally want to reach out to you because in this day and age everybody's accessible by the internet or this or that oh yeah right the best way is to go on my inter- my my webpage www.garyprattmusic.com because you'll find my email address. You'll find all the addresses for like Facebook and Twitter and all that type of media sites, but internet sites. 
But that's the best way because you'll get a phone number on. I mean, you can call me too. Uh, you'll call me at my real job also because I have another business, but I'll answer. Like, contact me by email, garypratmusic at aol.com. Your comments, any kind of questions. If you need advice, if I have advice to give you, I possibly could musically. And yeah, I appreciate any type of contact with people that that I can help or they can help me or they, they just want to say hello. Hey, I like your music. But go into my website again, garyprattmusic.com. You'll get all the media sites. You'll get interviews. This interview will probably be on air. All the reviews on, on the album and the songs, different videos and lyric videos and performance videos, a schedule where I'm going to be at. It's all there. Okay. Okay. Now, the last part of this show, the last part of this show that we do is we give a shout out or we give a big thank you to the people or the person that has helped you along the way because everyone has talent and success, but to hone your talent and success, you've got to get a feeling of approval from someone, some type of gratification, something that makes you want to keep going. So Gary, you are on the spot right now. I need you to take this moment and let the audience know whom or whoever has helped you along your way or who has, you know, kept you on a great path to complete this amazing music that you have out here. Yeah. First of all, my parents have always been number one. They've always helped me, but, as far as um, professional-wise, all the bands that I've been in, like I said before, but right now, I, Brian Cole, my producer, Doug Casper from Tonic Studios, the engineer, Brian Ernest, who's actually doing very well in Nashville right now, and those three people, and, and Michael Stover from MTS Records. If Mike is not, this album has made my life completely different. I have interviews all over the world, and it's all because of MTS Records and the people that I have on this album, because this album is the one that's that people are listening to. I've done some other ones. Of course, I didn't have all this backing from this, this team. And these people are, I just have to thank them because I wouldn't be here talking to you right now if it wasn't for them. So, that, you know, I am so grateful that you know, God has brought them into my life. And what's so cool about it is like, we're like friends now. I knew Doug from before, but I did not know um, my producer. I didn't know Michael. My producer introduced me to Michael and Michael took me on as an artist. And these people are the, are the ones that I really have to thank. And I also have to thank a group of people here in the Pittsburgh area. They're called the Pick It Up Dancers. And they are they have become such great friends of mine. It's about 20 dancers that go wherever I'm at around this area, they will be there and they will be doing their line dances. And sometimes I bring them up on stage with me and stuff too. But yeah, those are the most important people that have really gotten my music out there and uh, this album. So, you know, I'm just so thankful to, to all of them. Okay. And Gary, I want to thank you for coming on the show because this show is actually going to be the start of a new music series that I'm going to be doing to introduce oh. artists because the thing the thing is is that you already have an introduction you're already famous out here but the thing is is that you are local to West Virginia and I know you're in Pennsylvania yes. but West Virginia we love country music we love music in general and to have you on our on the show 
And for the people of West Virginia, the people uh, up there at the top near Wheeling and everybody in Washington, Pennsylvania, but it's yeah. kind of close-knit when you're up at the top of West Virginia. So as an extension, you're West Virginian honorary. So I want to extend that to you. And this thing here, uh, a quick little testament, it takes a lot to be an artist and to strive uh, for a brand of success that not everybody's guaranteed. And you're going to definitely be guaranteed that success and more. You, your management team, everybody that's involved with you that I have met outside of you today has a positive attitude, has a great, they have great abilities in how they market and what they do. And that's one thing I want to tell you because we, as an artist, you never get to hear about the middle process. Your management right. group is one of the best groups that I have dealt with in my yes. three and a half years of podcasting. I want to tell you like the way that they, they pitch and the way that they do what they do. They make every single one of their artists a priority. Yes, they do. So um, MTS management, definitely keep doing what you're doing. And I am JR from West Virginia and Commonplace. And this is Gary Pratt. He's with me. We are going to definitely be signing off of this episode. But the one lasting effect that I want people to have here is this. Something worth remembering is an album that does more than just put you in a place. It does more than... Stop a moment of time in your life. It gets into your life. This album has numerous tracks uh, across it that will ticky, tickle every range of emotion you have. And it will, <laughs> it, you know, and it will make you feel. And that is the hardest thing to do in music. As a musician, it's hard for you to know if your music is going to make someone feel. People can give you a light reaction, but you have songs that make people feel. And when you can do that, that makes you a true inspiration. An inspiration that's more than being an influencer. That's more than being a trendsetter or a follower, or just doing anything like that. So that right. right there, that right there is what I want you to take from this and just keep going with that. Thank you. Yeah, that's where I want to be. That's where I'm going. Yep, you're right. All right. So once again, everybody, this is Jr. from West Virginia Uncommonplace. We're signing off. In the show notes, you will be able to find everything about Gary Pratt on where you can meet, greet him on social media and everything like that. All that stuff will be provided by his management inside the show notes. So when this show airs, you will be able to find out everything about him. And everybody, I'm gone. <laughs>